ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, diet time is here. That's right, we're talking Scream for Help on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, internet. It's your old pal Patrick Hamilton coming to you once again from New Rochelle. It's the Kill by Kill podcast where we're dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film the characters. We're going to unpack all the goriest of details of 1984's winning Scream for Help in the hopes that an unlucky uh, high school student or mother, their death is just the beginning of the jokes that we could make at their expense. And as always, there's only one person that I trust. And that is if I'm going to uh, try to help her explode, um, she will make sure that I don't do it at the wrong time, like when I've just had sex for the first time. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? Well, I, you know, I, I had time to soak my eyeballs in a, in a solution of warm water and bleach, uh-huh. and and sure. and I, I popped them back in. So I, I think I'm, I'm ready to to start talking about this. <laughs> well, I think we have. Um, I would say the perfect people to help us in that situation. I don't want to scare you, Gina. We're not alone. We have special guests live and direct from their own show. Kim and Ket stay alive. Maybe it's Kim Burns and Ketrin Porter. How are you doing, both of you? Hello. I'm so happy to have you here. It's a long time in the making. I love your show. We're both weird horror pods. And so I felt... Why don't I um, inflict my uh, enjoyment of this very disturbing film on more than one person like Gina? Let's bring in more people. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah. So I I just, you don't often hear the words inflict and enjoyment in the same sentence. I'll be honest, it felt more like a hazing type of situation. Uh, and I was like, you know, I'll I'll take it, I'll take it. We're new, but um, yeah, it was yeah. brutal. It was brutal. Did I get into the, are we in the sorority club? fraternity? Yeah, oh, are we yeah. in the oh, you're, Yeah, you're cool. totally in. You're absolutely. Okay. In. You're probably more in than we are. Let's Great. let's <laughs> make that very very plain. We're Great. very much on the outsider track. Um, I <laughs> this is one of those movies that I would classify as fucking banana town. It's. <laughs> I, it's I, I so wrote wild da- in parts. I wrote down it's a little after school special meets Nancy Drew meets boobs and doggy style. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Meets also like like the unexpected sexual predator of the show that was like I why is nobody talking about Josh as this oh, like gotcha. absolutely oh. A complete and utter sexual predator in the making. Like, what he's, is he's happening? Like, he's, he's like the biggest villain in the whole movie. Yeah, like, I <laughs> I just feel like we were we were supposed to be looking one way, and I'm like, but there's a disaster right across the street. Like, what is happening? So um, it's, it's a little known fact about New Rochelle is that boyfriends are transferable. So Very quickly. If, you, know, you don't even have to wait. Just it's it's no. like a car title. You hand it over to somebody, they stamp it, and it's yours. And okay. and New Rochelle, you don't even have to see someone down at City Hall. You just go, oh, you know that person that I lost who was my girlfriend. I mm-hmm. miss her a lot. You know what also uh, is missing her? My penis. Would you right. like to help me miss her <laughs> together? Right. And then everyone's fine. <laughs> 
ever except except for for uh our I just forgot her name. What's her name? Main character. Uh, do you name? mean Christina Christine. Ruth Cromwell? Yes, or? Christina Ruth Cromwell. She <laughs> did not. She was not super okay after her first sex sex capade. No, in action. No, no, she was not. Um, just at the onset for our audience, I want you to know this movie and Michael Winner, the director in particular, are sexist as fuck. No. <laughs> so, no, I <laughs> no. mean, it's, yeah, it's a, a, on the skosh side of misogynist. Just <laughs> oh a little. Oh my gosh, you are blowing my mind here. <laughs> yeah, there would be no evidence in the film itself. No. It's well, very much subtext. We have to be fair. I mean, he did not write the script. No. Tom Holland, who wrote much better movies. Tom Holland, who wrote Fright Night. Yeah. Yep. A year later, wrote this. Does not know anything about how losing one's virginity works. Nope. Not a thing. <laughs> Does not know how mourning works. Nope. No. Not at all. <laughs> Doesn't exist. No. Doesn't happen. Not at all. No. Uh-uh. I'm oh. not entirely <laughs> sure he understands how a car dealership works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, Gina, when you said mourning... I was spelling it M O R N I N G, and I was like, "What did he, what did he mess up about the morning?" I couldn't figure out. <laughs> well, what I mean, d- don't forget that when we learn that Christy does not know how to drive a car, she tries to say, "Oh, it's it's something like it uh it 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 starts slow in the morning," and Josh right. is like, "But it's not morning." <laughs> <laughs> So I guess morning and morning was something that they struggled yeah. with. <laughs> Great. Anything that starts with an M, she's a little bit iffy about. Yeah. Um, so let's get, uh, I, I assume neither of you had watched this movie because almost no one has heard of no. this movie. I absolutely have not watched this. This was um, my first time. I try to, yeah, I try to take care of my mental health. And so I <laughs> hadn't. So it was up to know. me to destroy it. 100%. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, on target uh way to go well check that one off my list come on Um, come on come on guest on kill by kill leave with leave with psychological damage (laughs) that is our solemn promise and to think i didn't want to talk uh, uh, about chopping mall because the idea of robot cops killing people made me feel uncomfortable right and then i'm watching this and i'm going well i don't know that this is any better (laughs) no it's really just a transference of issues. It was a lateral. It was a lateral move. Honestly. It is a lateral move yeah. for sure. So let's uh, begin at the beginning. What a wonderful place to start, uh, and that is with uh, Christie's voiceover, which will oh, come God. and go throughout the movie. God. She starts by telling us, "My name is Christina Ruth Cromwell. I'm 17, and I live in New Rochelle. I think my stepfather is trying to murder my mother, and that's it. <laughs> Her that's stepfather, setup. Paul Fox." Paul <laughs> Fox, which they which they constantly refer to him by his full name. That's for, so for, true. That's another thing that that Tom Holland does does not understand is how names work. How names well work. for men he doesn't understand how names work. For women they seem to have first names, but for Paul Fox and Josh Dealey they have full yes. hyphenated names. That's right, Josh Dealey. That's yes. right. It would be one thing if it was Christina's thing to call everyone by their full name, right. but. Everyone else refers to Paul Fox as, as Paul, Paul Fox. Fox. And listen, yes. he wasn't not a fox. He had like a certain sort of eighties <laughs> vibe like, that like, I like a nighttime, like a nighttime soap opera actor. Yeah, definitely. yeah. And a little bit of a Knots Landing thing going on there. 
Yeah, like I wasn't I wasn't into it, but I also wasn't not into sure. it. His sweater game, I would say, is not on the level of if we're just talking about Fright Night. Right. Oh. That now that vampire has a fucking sweater game. Yeah. But Paul Fox is trying, but not quite on that level. But we're getting a more. lot of cardigan action from him. Yeah, no, no, no. He's no Jerry Dandridge. No, That's no, for no. sure. Oh. I mean, who, who is really? I mean. No. No one. We've been looking for a new one for a very long time and we haven't found it. No, we have not. You know, he, Jerry Dandridge is so sexy in Fright Night that when he shows up in Child's Play as a Chicago cop, He's still as fucking good looking in a sweater. <laughs> yep. Don't take him out of the sweaters. Interesting thing about Christie's um, bedroom. We love to see bedrooms on this show. They're full of interesting details. So a couple things that Christie has laying out for us to look at. First of all, a small statue of a Canadian Mountie. <laughs> Every teen girl loves a Canadian Mountie. Wow. Uh, well, and I mean, Kim has one. Kim has a couple, sure. actually. I've got full oh. size, though. I prefer it. Uh, right, 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 oh. right. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, I'm I, you're a size queen. That's fine. I'm not here to yuck your yuck. Uh, the other thing is uh, Christy has a lot of Rick Springfield paraphernalia. So, well, I mean, it was 1984, Patrick. Sure. I had Rick Springfield paraphernalia. <laughs> it's true. Uh, just so everyone remembers, Montrose, California resident Rick Springfield just very important to only LA people. Um, She's also wearing at one point a magnificent baseball shirt that says the muffs on it, which was, yes. which was, which is a punk group that I have not the slightest bit conviction that she has ever heard of. Okay. No. Thank you. I actually wrote down in my notebook. I was like, I don't know that a muff is anything other than female anatomy so like i didn't get the reference i was just like she's just wearing a shirt that says vagina on it like i didn't know <laughs> yeah that no i i am i'm pretty sure that like the the costume designer if, if such a person existed just saw this shirt in a store and said this looks like something a teenager would wear I've got a, yeah. I've and, got yet, a... and yet she also and yet she also had a commodore's poster next to her <laughs> Yeah. To my Sarah bedroom door. Now, I'm all for versatility in one's music listening, but the Commodores and the Muffs, I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not believing that they're all on the same teenager's playlist. Uh, she also has a poster of just a guy who's very sexy with blonde hair <laughs> and it says looking, looking good, good <laughs> on top of it. Sure, it's the 80s. A, a John Denver album cover and Toots oh, and the Maytels. She's all over the place. I'm really excited you saw those details because I would the tour that you just gave me was was this, absolutely. This is all we do. This is all we do. <laughs> we talk about the weird background. You should have heard us our run on. Um, oh God, Patrick, which was which one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies was it? All of them that, that yeah. we spent an inordinate amount of time talking about the characters' bedrooms. The the bedrooms in the Nightmare on Elm Street series are fucking insane they're we're like we're like we're, we're like like human like tumblr fees we just focus on the <laughs> weirdest details and then like oh yeah and then they get murdered and that's that, yeah. that's the last we see of them I love it, we that. we only we only view time through the amount of people who die in a movie we don't actually care that much about death no when, in, in the end sure sure i um, mean we're all gonna do it it's a club we're all gonna join <laughs> I have it's a true. question about something else in her room because this sure. bothered me the whole time. I, she had like a poster board on the outside of her door that it was like written in marker. And so yes. finally I could see what it says. 
and it said this premises is guarded by killer garbage in like capital letters and underlined and I was like is that a thing that I don't know what it is is that yeah I was was puzzling I was puzzling over that too guarded by killer garbage and then I looked it up I was like is that a band I don't understand what it meant (laughs) yeah but it was like handwritten if someone hasn't taken that name yet please drop your new LP this Friday killer garbage we're looking forward to it Kim, I literally wrote, what does that sign say? And then you answered it. Once again, our brains are so synced up, it's terrifying. Yeah, I needed to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of crazy details in this house, including a, a clock that seems to be operated by plated bread. I've, uh, it's so gigantic yes. and ornate and out of step with everything else in the house. And Michael Winner cannot stop focusing on it. Yeah. Are you ta- So are you talking about the clock... That's like a relatively like moderately sized face of a yes. clock. Yes. But mm-hmm. then the pendulum is the size of the house itself. Is it that seems what you're to be a paddle about? board that you would use on Greek members if they're yes. a part of a satanic cult. Yes. yes. So yes. here's what's also super weird. As someone who is mildly familiar with grandfather clocks, the ratio of the weight of that pendulum to the face of the clock would not work properly. It would slow down like very, very quickly. Like you would have yeah. to rewind it. So I'm very upset about the clock construction. I'm glad that you brought it up. <laughs> I'm very glad that you explained why it looks so insane. Because we're working together. These are wonder twins that are now activating. I right. like this. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. So a couple uh Chekhov moves that we have going on here. We have Chekhov's lighter which apparently can light up the entire wing of a fucking the house. The entire, like, <laughs> that lighter. Entire house. I've never seen such a lighter. No, never. it just, it glows. It's like a fucking spotlight. And then later we will learn that there's Chekhov's puddle in the basement. Yes. It's very important, but you don't know why quite yet. Right. Turns out you don't have to wait that long for the puddle because it claims the life of a con ed worker who gets electrocuted to death by working on their their little junction box right i mean and you know nobody's nobody's particularly put out about it i mean it you know yeah. you know how, who among us has not had a repairman just die in your house yeah. you know? yeah. <laughs> i i have do? one i have i have one i haven't cleaned up just from today so <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you don't get to them right away it starts to stack up it's like a kit uh, a cat's litter box yep you say oh i'm gonna get to that tomorrow and then exactly. you wait Two days and oh fuck, you're you're in a mountain of shit. Been there. <laughs> Here's another thing that happens when Christy arrives at the house that it turned out to be an ongoing concern. And that is when Christy shows up into a room, she's automatically shushed by somebody. Here, oh, it is yeah. Christy's mom. She goes, shh. <laughs> yeah. It she, was, it's it her was fucking house. Yeah, it was like, rude. It was dismissive. I didn't like it. But apparently everyone knows that if Christy's entering a room, she's going to, I don't know, say the wrong thing or get in the way of everyone else's. They're, half the police department are fucking there. Right. For this guy. Yeah. That everyone agrees is an accident. Right. Yeah. The, oh, I didn't even think about that. That's very interesting. Um, I, I have to ask my co-host a question for one moment because yes? I want to know 
if this drove you as insane as it drove me, the music that told me I was watching some sort of rom-com or fairy tale, but oh, I was watching music. a horror movie. Like, am I... I wrote down... I, the soundtrack and the music 8,000 times. As did I. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I fucking knew it. I was like, Kim and I are literally writing at the exact same time right now. I can feel it in my bones. What the fuck is this music? I've got so many things about the music. Uh, oh, that my favorite, my, my two favorite moments. And if you caught the credits, the music was composed by one... John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin. What? The bassist what? for Led yes. fucking Zeppelin. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. He, comp- he composed the music. And the, the love song about Christy at the end is sung by John Anderson of Yes. <laughs> so it's like a prog rock, classic rock collaboration. I'm so upset. Yes. Gina, <laughs> what are you saying to me right now? I'm so upset. I the owner wrote down of that, a like, lonely heart sung that love song. <laughs> And the bassist of Led Zeppelin created not one, not two, but three different I'm chasing a car on my bike themes. Yes. And, and they all and they all sort of sound like like Starsky and Hutch, 70s cop show music. Yeah, yes. they sounded like Batman, but played by a jazz band. Like the yes. Batman theme. <laughs> it kept going like da da. Like I literally yes. was stolen. But played by wow. a five horn jazz band. Yes. Wow. There's a lot of odd brass work happening yes. here. It, it's almost like it's a shaft spinoff that you're unaware of. It's like, yep. I, is there a shaft spinoff where Nancy Drew has I'm a horny virgin energy? <laughs> yes. It's going to scream for help. Wait, no, I'm sorry, Patrick. I'm confused now because Nancy Drew is all horny energy from what I've <laughs> read. I mean, you those know. are horny, horny books. Mm-hmm. Maybe this that's just very, how very I true. read them. Well, you know, listen, the hidden staircase isn't just about a hidden staircase, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Am I right? Putting, picking up on putting down. <laughs> I didn't put, put it. I didn't put it down. Patrick put it down. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever put it down, we need to pick back up again because. Um, but yeah, but I, the, going back to the music, like, and then they have this like love story. We're jumping way ahead here with Christy and her soon-to-be-deceased friend's boyfriend, who was played by Corey Parker, which I wrote down. The poor man's Patrick Dempsey, who at the time was the poor man's Matthew Broderick. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know if I, I don't know if either of you. You both seem pretty young to me, so I don't know if you know that whole era. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if I'm you know keeping dropping references to like you know when Patrick Dempsey like way before he was Doctor McDreamy. Was kind of this like really nerdy kind of. I've seen yeah, like like, like, like poor man's Matthew Broderick. Okay, yeah, and I Corey Parker was the poor man's version of that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He, but but it was weird casting because like he was such an asshole that like, but he also like. I, I felt that I was supposed to like be. We're talking about Josh Dealey, right? Is that who we're talking right. about? I felt like you're the movie is trying to tell me to like like him, be on his right. side. He, yeah, he wasn't he, meant well, to be one, an for, asshole. Well, yeah, well, for one thing, he looks like he's about fifteen in this, right. which is which is weird because the actress playing her best friend looks like she's about thirty five. Oh, yeah, one hundred. So when, when you see when you see them in bed together, because Christy just barges into people's bedrooms like it's nothing. Um, I wrote that too. She's all mad that her friend's boning somebody in she, her own she just, goddamn bedroom. And she's just standing there, like, looking at them. 
And it's just, well, that's weird. Why are you doing that? And and you're supposed to get the idea, oh, she's mad because her friend is losing her virginity. It's like, well, you still need to turn around and walk out. Yeah. Yeah. But for, for a quick second, it's like, is this is her friend's mom? What is yeah. happening here? Yeah, that was and, very weird. And, but he's he's written like he's this like sexual dynamo slash like tough guy yes. who who defends her from these bullies in school and they like they skulk away and he's about maybe five foot seven maybe yeah. maybe about a hundred about one hundred and forty pounds we're like all right man we were just you were just messing with her okay you know and it's like yeah this isn't the actor you had in mind when yeah. you created this no, character no. was it? not at all it's it's a very weird casting it's. And he's such a, a angry dweeb uh, out, out of nowhere. And he's so sullen. At one point, uh, Christy, who runs into every fucking scene, she runs at a dead goddamn sprint yep. into every scene. Mm-hmm. Like The Flash has fewer scenes of The Flash <laughs> running than this movie. Yeah. But here's what I found weird, Patrick. Yes, runs into every scene, but any other marker of urgency of any kind, your mom's being murdered by your stepdad, your friend was just killed, like any other sense of urgency, she does not possess. No. She, she's a terrible, I'm just going to say, she's a terrible heroine. Oh, yeah. I, I oh, yeah. was not rooting for her at, at, at any point. I mean, obviously, I don't want to see you. Know, I don't want to see somebody get murdered, but I, I was not with. I was not with her on this journey. Yeah, she's yeah. a she's a real narcissist. Mm-hmm. She, she's single minded to the point where her friend desperately needs yeah. to talk to her, and she uses the phrase "Not now. Nothing's more important than this." Right. <laughs> Nothing is more important than my catching my stepfather cheating on my mother, which seems yeah. to happen every fucking day. So if it doesn't yes. happen today. <laughs> You could, I don't know, wait until tomorrow. Right. Every day. Yeah. Every single and day. And then her friend dies and she doesn't care. Couldn't Does care less. not No care. one cares. No one shed a single tear. No, everyone not seems to move on but two people at school. The, the two people at school yes. very much care. And yeah. they refer to uh, their their cross-examination of, of, of Christine, or Christina, or Christy. As, as as razzing her, <laughs> which I don't know that I would call you got your best friend killed razzing necessarily. Right. But yeah, that was uh, yeah, the whole the whole that whole fight was frustrating as well from like a filmmaking standpoint where I was just like, this was like the first rehearsal of a staged scene mm-hmm. that like nobody fully understood their blocking nobody like knew when it was time yeah. for them to push the other person there was, there was no fight choreographer on this not, no 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 not, not at all they were not, just like okay what? stand here and then we're gonna come close to you and then we'll move you a little bit and that's a right punch not since exactly. the original friday the 13th in the, the third act where you're watching a middle-aged woman and a 25 year old have a shove you push me pull you act yes for yes. the entirety of it has there yeah. been has, has such a lack of fight coordinator on set been such a massive problem? <laughs> well, well, the entire scene is a setup to show that Josh is a nice guy and he cares about her. Yeah, and and but it, it doesn't make any sense. We've never seen these characters before. Yeah, they the, there's no reason for Chrissy to already be back in school the day after seeing her best friend get killed right in front yeah. of her. No, which is a weird, which is a weird thing. In in I we've seen that before, Patrick, a lot in a lot of movies 
where someone is murdered and everybody just goes to school the next day. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And it's, and, so and it's always that's always so weird to me because that would not happen in real life. Ironically, she didn't go to school any other day, though. She <laughs> cut school every single day over and You're over again. So right. Except Kim. the day after her best friend died. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and also everybody is talking about this like they saw what happened. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not sure where they got the idea that that somehow it was your fault that she got killed. I mean, right. technically, it kind of was. I mean, it 100 percent was like, <laughs> but also sure. but also how but, but also how would they know that? Right. I, right. They maybe they just know Christy more than we know Christy, even Could, though we see a lot of her up until that point. She's in almost every scene of the movie. Can, can we right. talk about the, can we talk about the scene where Josh's dad is also the police commissioner? Oh my god! Yes. This this whole scene that seems yeah. like it was written by aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because she's like, you want to see me? He's like, you might be the worst kid I've ever dealt with. Oh really, police commissioner? Yeah, this is the that, this is the worst kid you've ever dealt with. That was too that that made the the environment of the movie like too small for me like that's one of the things that my husband and I hate when we watch things where it's like every single person in the movie has a connection to every other person in the movie and you're like that's just not how life works like right and New, not... New, Roche- New Rochelle is a pretty big city it's, right. it's it's not likely that you know the same four people are all gonna know each other yeah and all be part of the same little circle exactly and certainly and certainly it wouldn't be so small that Christie's mother would be telling someone that she's gone to therapy. <laughs> right. And he's just, he's just telling her this, sitting in a chair, knees spread nice and wide oh, open, yes. and just kind of kind of rocking back and forth in his chair. And it's yeah, like... Yeah, he was practically laying down. What are we doing here? Yeah. Why, <laughs> you know, I felt like they, you know, if the scene had gone on in other minute, he was going to proposition her so we could forget all about this little Yes. Incident. Yes. Yeah. But it's like, what is this, you know, what is the motivation, the direction that was given to this character to yeah. sort of, you know, silently proposition her at the same time, well, you're a liar and your mom says you're crazy and I'm not going to do anything to, to help you with this. And, yeah. You know, somehow you're a terrible person and it's like, you're a terrible police commissioner. Yeah. Okay. yeah and along along with the misogyny of the movie, the sort of like discounting someone for taking care of their mental health is was so, it was so pointed. Like it was so like you are discredited because you're crazy. And it's like, it's not even that is she went to therapy because she had trouble with her parents' divorce. Right. Which is like, like, who hasn't? That's an obvious defect in her character, (laughs) Gina. Most of us shrug that off. Yeah, of course. Now, that being said, here's what I will say. Christy, Christina, Christine, Christy, Christy, whatever the fuck. All of those. Yeah. (laughs) She is fully insane, completely (laughs) mentally unstable. Sure. Um, totally, but not in the way. But but not in the way the movie. But you know, not in the way that yeah, yeah. And yeah. the narcissist. You already you already said so. She's a narcissist. Exactly. And the other thing that really upset me that I was like, I need to assure Kim of something when I talk to her. If I see someone that you are dating flirting with someone openly and aggressively, I will not use that as blackmail for that person, I will fucking tell you about it because I'm not an actual monster posing as your <laughs> yes. best friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. You mean you're not going to use it for Uber credit as she does? I, yeah. Like, what the fuck? 
fuck? Like, she's like, I'm going to, I'm like, you should go tell your best friend that her boyfriend is an actual monster. Yeah. At one point I was like, I can't believe that police commissioner male pattern baldness and Josh Dealey are in the same family, but they're both right. kind of in the same family. Yes. Like they're they both are. dismissive 100%. of anything anyone tells them. And they're just yeah. like, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you know, you're obsessed, blah, blah, blah. And she is all that. But she's also right. And when her best friend dies, it's kind of proof that something's going on. And everyone right. else takes it as proof that, oh, no, she's just crazy. That's not how this right. works. That's not how anything works. Hashtag me too. Hashtag listen to women is all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. a strangely prescient title and I'm yeah. going to pat myself on the back like any man would oh that's <laughs> that's not good that's not what I wanted oh, let's, 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 let's change the subject and talk about that, that car scene <laughs> where uh, we, we, we discover that the, the young actress playing Christy is not very convincing at being scared no, no. no. And, and also that a, a tiny little spring Getting loose in your carburetor can make your brakes fail, make your yeah. gas pedal stick, and make your steering wheel lock. Well, yeah. they turn off the car. So that is the one thing that does happen. If you turn off your car, your at that time, the power would go off to your your steering wheel. Yeah, no, but this happened before because yeah. because he's like he's like he's like, slow down. I can't slow down. The gas pedal's stuck. Hit the brakes. The brakes are, bro- are are cut. <laughs> Pull it over the curb. The steering wheel's locked. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> right. So wait, I have a question about cars. Sure. Uh, they don't do that. But, but, <laughs> but oh, thank you. Not to cut you off, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. cars don't, no, they work don't do that. That's it. Yeah. But I I'm I'm very afraid that I'm about to sound like truly the biggest idiot that shouldn't be on the road, uh, which Kim knows is true. Um, but. Isn't that what an emergency brake is for? To pull the emergency uh, You could do that, brake? or you could also put it into fucking neutral and just okay. glide to a goddamn stop. Right, it's- but I'm correct in saying that like the emergency brake isn't connected to the foot brake. No, Otherwise, it's a separate, it it's a, it's a separate okay. piece of machinery, usually. I think okay. modern cars have them more in line, but of course, modern cars have more ways for you to avoid this situation than what we see on display here and of course what we learn at one point is that the Cromwell family uh, apparently owns the New Rochelle mile of cars or whatever the fuck because when uh, when Paul Fox married uh, Christie's mom he became the head used car salesman of all of New Rochelle which is why I guess everyone knows who he is and his giant luminous lighter of course, of course. Um, and again, I mean, New, New Rochelle is a large city. I, I don't know that being a used car salesman will make you a, a prominent citizen <laughs> of, of the town. But what if you're stopping yeah. um, all of the available ladies in town, like uh, a Brenda uh, Ball? Uh, Brenda Ball. Who, who dresses Ball. like she's a member of the Avengers. <laughs> exactly. And here's the thing, guys. I have a confession. I had a little bit of a boner for Brenda Bowles. <laughs> I thought she was... She is like, She owns it. She, she was, reminded me of... Um, what's her face from the hit? Yes. Uh, oh, my God, Claudia yes. Claudia something. Claudia Christian. Claudia Christian. And from Babylon yeah, 5. She, yeah. she reminded oh. me a lot of her. 
And and then, but then there was her her husband brother Lacey, who I wrote I wrote down as a Burlington Co Factory John Turturro. Yes, yes. One I've hundred. rarely seen yeah. someone who has a soul patch on his Adam's apple, and yet <laughs> he does. It's a very unique Just look. Oh my constantly God. sweating, constantly yeah. sweating. <laughs> it, the whole thing was God damn it. That's all that's I a really say. that's a really long con that they were pulling too. Yes. Oh yeah. Like a we're gonna really pretend to be brother and sister. You're gonna get a, have an affair with this rich guy who you'll be able to somehow convince him to kill his wife. Yes. Then I guess we'll blackmail him. Yeah, I was confused yeah. about how they and, get the money in the end. Right. Yeah, and it's it's, it's, it's like I said, that's a very long, complicated con. It I, it almost more feels like Brenda wanted to sleep with Paul Fox and reverse engineered the murder plot to help her do that while the other bowl is in the house while Lacey is around because that's her thing otherwise this i'd like some sort of long kong cuckolding action happening here yeah (laughs) i didn't think about that like maybe brenda is the brains behind all of this oh she clearly is she clearly she has the most out of everyone in the entire movie oh yeah i mean the three of them together at the end of the movie make maybe one thinking person (laughs) (laughs) also kim i i noticed you had this question as well did i miss why the murder had to happen after 2 a.m well, that's burglar o'clock. Yeah. Burglar. <laughs> every, 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 everybody knows that, that that burglars do not break into houses yeah. until after two o'clock. It's the only it's way it was believable. Upon in the burglar code. It's a gentleman's game, the burglary uh, biz. And... Right. Apologies. Apologies. I was not. I should have studied burglar code before I came on. In New Rochelle, the purge begins at two a.m. So before that, sure. it's you. Listen, you don't want to be caught out dead killing somebody. Before the sure. clock strikes two. That's just not done. That's not how we do things around here. Of, of course. And again, my apologies for not knowing. <laughs> One thing we missed in uh, the previous scene with where we discover that Jamie's now totally doing it with boys is that they go downstairs to the kitchen and Josh Daly begins by picking up all these loose wedges of chocolate and eating them with an entire jar of peanut butter in a manner that suggests it's the only thing that can feed his libido. He stuffs all of, I would thought, oh my God, he's going to double dip. No, because he's taking entire wedges of chocolate and stuffing it all into his mouth and doing lines in the movie. (sighs) So we get to hear that. That's fun. Uh, I am... I loved that peanut butter scene. (laughs) Catherine has a small obsession. (laughs) I have like an actual, this is embarrassing. Like I am an addict. I have an actual peanut butter problem. Is this why you're so into peanut butter whiskey? Is that feeding into it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it starts. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like my husband has to like hide it and stuff. (laughs) Like I can't have it in the house, but I can't like... I his idea his idea to use that fucking chocolate as some sort of spoon or 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 vehicle for the peanut butter but then it's also chocolate mm-hmm. guys it blew my mind 
and <laughs> I uh, I thought about you. I did get something out of the. You did. I, Kim? I thought about you. Thought you. About me? I was like, wow, she's really gonna like that. This is gonna be the oh. highlight of the movie for her. It really was. It really was. It was just. Uh, it was a beautiful moment I'm, in a dumpster fire. I'm glad that we're all finding these moments of Zen within the movie. For me, my favorite character, I think, in the entire thing, is Marty. The guy who embarrassed Paul Fox last time, he appears to look oh. like Avery, Avery Schreiber trying to get a mortgage extension from the bank. <laughs> that is the oldest reference I think I've ever made on this show. And that's wow, yeah, saying something. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, even, even I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Stunning. Listen, Doritos uh, spokespeople mean a lot to me. So. Oh, well, you can join my uh, inappropriate food obsession uh, support group that right. I run. Now we're two. Cool. We Great. build from there. We, we learn a lot of different things uh, in this early section of the movie. One is that Paul Fox drives a Dodge laser. Oh, is that a bad car? Is that not good? Uh, is that- I, it's a, a, a famous car for not selling well. Um, At the time, it was a giant bust, as it were. They thought that was going to be a very manly car. So I'm sure they they thought at the time, oh, this is going to go through the roof. Well, with a name like Laser, how can you go wrong? Um, Um, (laughs) And then the Bull residence has a lot of loose fish aquariums in their yard. Which I enjoyed. (laughs) I wrote that down. Yes. Yes. And who, who, I think she was like standing on it, like to see into the window. She but stands like, on a lot of things in the yard to see in the windows. Yeah. And I'm like, what? that is absolutely not the thing you would choose to stand on. Like there was plenty of garbage in that yard that she could have like brought something over and stood on something that wasn't very flimsy glass. Yes. Well, you know, well, you know what else most people wouldn't do? <laughs> they wouldn't hold up a camera, shove it in oh the window. Goodness. And have the flash on while you're right? trying to take a, a you're trying Don't, to I, covertly take a picture of someone. I was so angry about that. So <laughs> angry. I was I was willing Paul and, and Brenda, who are of course are going at it. I'm like, open your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes. Just look up for a half a second. It was look a second. up for just a half a second. How how are you not seeing this? How are you not seeing human hands holding up a Polaroid in your window? Yeah, inside your window. Inside the window. Around the window to inside in front of your face. <laughs> and they're facing <laughs> it directly. Both of them are facing in the direction of the camera. Looking right how- at it. How would they avoid, how would they miss it? You don't yeah. need a light meter in there. You like it's it's plenty of light. I, I mean, am blind as a bat without glasses, and I would still see that. <laughs> I mean, I guess Paul Fox is a real bonanza in the bedroom. You know, she just was distracted. Yeah. He was in the zone. Also, I, this was like the how how many times in have we seen has she caught them at this point i was wondering does she not have a camera like i was like why doesn't why wasn't a camera the first tactic she used yes. it took exactly. four or five viewings to be like i'm going to get a polaroid of this so people <laughs> <Right>. believe me <laughs> she is a real at first you don't succeed try various different bad ideas first and then round it off with a good idea but then execute it in the craziest fucking fashion possible she also with that camera uh when she was stuck in the um bathtub 
mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, the bathtub. Okay, so the camera has a strap. Yeah. Like any good Polaroid camera did. Um, at a certain point, the water gets turned on by Brenda Bowles. Yes. Christy does this. She takes the strap off and puts the camera down where, where the-, the water will soon consume it. Yes. She <laughs> took it off her body to put it into the water. Yeah. Well, otherwise she would be weighed down by all pound and a half of that camera and she would not be able to crawl into the corner. She doesn't even actually raise out of the tub at all. No. It's not like, oh, I got to make sure my shoes don't get wet. Her shoes get wet. So I'm not sure what the plan is here other than she's just waiting for her opportunity to sprint. Because she sprints into a lot of scenes, but there are many times when she should run, she decides to walk. And anytime (laughs) you would normally walk, she's fucking running like Mark goddamn Spitz. That's a swimmer. That doesn't make sense. That's my Mark Spitz joke. He runs through the water. Yes, like a a real flash. At a certain point in that, that whole kerfluffle, they basically lay out exactly what this deal is. I'm sleeping with you, but once I kill the wife then and the daughter, then I can inherit everything, and then somehow you'll get a piece of it? I guess he's, they're on a work share? I'm not sure how it would work. I'm not into contract law when it comes to I, murder. Yeah, I think that was what what I got, but it's like, uh, yeah, I guess. Like, he does, he does seems to be, like, you have to... Except that that for in order for this to work, that Paul just has to be sort of okay with his brother, quote brother, <laughs> just hanging around all the time, and, yeah. and in the house when they're having sex, which is weird. Yeah, like everybody in this movie gotta have it, and and <laughs> yeah. it, it's just like it doesn't matter if someone's walking in on you. Yeah. Like there's like at one point where Christy comes home and her mom and Paul Fox yeah. are going at it. Yeah. Like their their door is wide open. fucking open, you know? and then she <laughs> runs to her room and doesn't close her door either. No, and she's and like, they I get can't. Louder. I can hear it. Yes, her her hands get... are what's protecting her ears. She doesn't want to deal with doors. Her hands are more reliable. Like it's almost like, oh, Christy's home. Let's amp it up a little bit. You fucking weirdos, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, also speaking of of sex, did anyone else catch that? Like out of total nowhere. Paul Fox made fun of Christy by saying, what are you writing in your journal? Life and times of a teenage sex maniac? I'm not, if, if that's an attempt at humor, it didn't land. It also, and it's also prior to her f- being caught fucking Josh. Yeah, but I guess she's just delivering that much energy. I, I just, I think they wrote a script. With all her sweater vests, you mean? <laughs> her constant sweater vesting? She's a real sex maniac? At one point she returns home from school and she has an undershirt, a collared shirt, the sweater vest, a denim vest. She's wearing shorts with knee socks. Mm-hmm. It's oh, like yeah. she's a, uh, a knight in a night suit of armor but it's all breathable fabrics yeah she was never not wearing (laughs) what what, i just messed myself up because i don't know i got too many knots (laughs) she was always wearing at least three shirts at one time yeah never less than three yeah yeah she loved to layer also, for like the first twenty-five minutes of the movie, I thought she was the young, like uh, 
the actress who plays Piper on Charmed. Yeah. I thought it was like, but then I did the math and realized that that would not have worked oh, out. Yeah, I can, I can say it. I can say like it. Do you know who I'm talking about? They have about? very similar okay. facial yeah, structures. Yeah. Weirdly enough, we just talked about Dr. Giggles. Yes. Where we see Piper from uh, Charmed. Uh, she's, hmm. the, she's the final girl in that movie. Um, it's a great oh, movie. Uh, uh, I won't give it away, but it's a super fun movie. Like, you'll be surprised at how well it is photographed. Well, it's mm. such a better movie than this. Right. I mean, it's not better than this, though. <laughs> oh, oh. So it <laughs> it's a genuine it's, good movie. It's not it's Patrick it's finds this fun good movie. Yeah. It's certainly, it's certainly right, right, right. You know, a yeah. little less disturbingly sexual than, than, than this movie is. Well, at one point, Gina, a uh, eight-year-old crawls out of his dead mother's womb. Um, you said you weren't going to spoil oh, it. Whoops. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he doesn't have his two front teeth. That's also a nice uh, point of uh, departure for you guys. So you have that to look forward to. <laughs> wow. You'll never forget it. Uh, well, but apparently very... both Gina and no. I did until we sat down to watch Dr. Gale. Psychologically blocked it out. Probably like you're going to do with this movie after you get to talking <laughs> about right. it. I'm psychologically blocking out one specific scene, and that is when she fucks yeah. fucking Josh Dealey. Like, that was the most upsetting thing I've ever seen I, I just, I just, I just cringed at how was... long it took him to stop and say, are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What do you think no, Josh. is happening? No, Josh, she's not all right. It was. And like, I feel her where she was like, I don't think I'm ever going to have sex ever again. I was like, based on that experience, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they do get that it's not particularly pleasant for girls the first time. I mean, I mean, granted, you're not really aren't just pumping out gallons of blood (laughs) afterwards. And I think she really needed to go see, you know, a a doctor about (laughs) that. A doctor. I'm really glad you said something, Gina, because I was like, listen, I don't want to like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know how this works. But yeah, yeah, that's a lot of blood blood, for that particular activity. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, something got broken and, 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 and she needs to go. She needs medical attention immediately. She needs an orange, something to build her blood back up. She's just standing there like arguing with Paul with this like sheet wrapped around her and just like, you know, oh, by the way, also... Are there commonly gas lines in a bathroom? In, in the Cromwell need, Mansion, apparently. Why would, you, why would you need a gas line in a bathroom? I, don't, I didn't understand what was going on there. Yeah. I didn't get it. No, I didn't. I didn't either. But I also, like, I'm not a homeowner, so I was like, I don't know, maybe? This but is the way they build mansions in New Rochelle. Uh, it doesn't really look like a set it looks like that is a house because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of it doesn't look it doesn't it doesn't look new it looks very like they found a house that has these components to it yeah that basement looks real that That house looks real and they filmed in a real house so uh that bathroom has this massive gas portal above the bathtub okay that was insane it was yeah for like for the hugeness of the house and for like how wealthy they're supposed to be i'm like this is yeah kind it's, of a it's, it's, ta- it's like it's really decorated in a tacky way yeah. a lot of like silk silk flower displays yeah. And all. yeah and you really only get to see like like three rooms you get the living room you get 
briefly get the kitchen, you get Christie's room, and you get the basement. Yeah. We will become intimately familiar the with basement. this basement. Yeah, right around the third time they are yeah. forced into the basement, I'm like, okay, we understand a basement exists. This isn't like, oh, like Superman, you will right. believe a man can fly. Like, yeah, I believe houses when, can when have that, basements. We don't have to expand upon this. They're in the, they're in the basement after a, a, a woman who already has a cast on her leg is thrown down a flight of cement stairs and then just gets up and kind of rubs her arm a little yes. bit. Yeah. And she literally like, fell like neck first. She like bent, she was like bent in half at the bottom of the stairs. And then like yeah. it cuts away and it cuts back to her. She's like, I'm all right. I'm all right. I, <laughs> you know, I thought that was like a murder right there. I was like, oh, well, they've done her in. And, and what a thing too. <laughs> uh, the bad. stunt women in this movie earned their fucking paychecks because that staircase did they not really look did. padded no so, no it off. didn't there was also this is like later and it's not a plot point it was just something that really bothered me and we're talking about stairs and the mom and the cast and everything so at the very end uh she is ushered up the basement stairs pretty quickly. Like she's putting a lot of weight on that very fresh break. And she's like kind of goes pretty quickly up the stairs. And then they're about to take them up to the up Mm -hmm. stairs where the bedrooms are. And that stupid Lacey guy is like, no, that'll take too long to get her up the stairs with her bum leg or whatever. And I'm like, she literally (laughs) just ran up a flight of stairs. Yeah. Literally just ran up a flight of stairs. If it's in the script, they decided we're just going to say these lines, but they're not connected to the reality they're living in. Yes. And Michael Winner just doesn't seem to fucking care. He's just... Very interested in out of control car sequences and how fast, you know, Christy can throw her bike to the ground. Right. And a lot of nudity that isn't particularly necessary for anything in this movie. Not even slightly. Yeah. It's just overly horny and underly presented. (laughs) But (laughs) Correct. I love that. (laughs) Overly horny underly presented it comes at you from both (laughs) angles and then they meet it's just it's a but then again it is a movie that is seriously fucking wild like you know that police commissioner male pattern baldness scene where he's sitting with his the the sort of his knees could not be farther apart unless he was in a yoga pose i mean like father like son he was really trying to take up space yes yeah, and he doesn't exactly. listen, right. and Josh Dealey doesn't listen. You are right. And nobody is listening except for the two other people in the movie that shush Christy out of nowhere, including in the library at school. Just a, a, a girl we never see again walks yeah. across screen, goes, shh, at the... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> They're having a perfectly moderately toned conversation here. Yeah, just nobody wants to hear what and, Christy has to say. I don't know that they should... Because she yeah. can't listen when her friend is trying to tell her, I'm pregnant. We're 17. This pregnant. is a big fucking deal. Pregnant. And, and as you guys said, yeah. the response is, nothing is a bigger deal than catching Paul Fox fucking the woman that he fucks every goddamn day. <laughs> every day. Also, you need to see it with your and- eyeballs because that's the only way everyone will believe me. Although I have a Polaroid camera apparently at home, but I will not use that yet. Yeah. 
It's just bananas. I, let me go make sure. Let me go look at them first, and then I'll come get you, and then you come with me to go look. Nothing makes sense. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I like. I like how yeah. she she carefully sneaks up to to you know to go peek in the window. Of course, again, not really peeking, just, but nope. just kind of standing in front of the window and looking in. Yes, you know, Clear not view. not like crouch, not like crouch down or anything like like most normal people would Clear be. View. And then she gets about six feet away yeah. and yells out the friend's name. Yeah. It's just, I just, yeah, she was, she was just, Christy was just bad at it. Yeah. Just bad. It, what is it? <laughs> Life, finding a murderer, finding a boyfriend, just it, she's bad at all of it. Just terrible. I mean, the crazy thing is her suspicion is my stepdad is trying to kill my mom and she's right. Yes. And she's right about a lot of things and yet cannot fucking pull this off. She brings this friend, I guess, for to be a witness for the fucking the ABC mystery movie this week. And they, they fuck that up so badly that Paul Fox just walks out of the door, sees the two of them takes off after them in a full sprint. And Paul Fox smashes into this motel maids cart so hard that a shoe flies off of his yes. foot. Yes. I know. Yes. I kid didn't you see not. that. His left shoe just flies off like it's a NASCAR crash and it's a tire. Did he keep running? He kept running, right? Did he, he not go back? In? Like, I he, missed that. He, he books it down the stairs after the two of them and they manage to jerk out of the way of the maid's cart and just like, just like a banana stand in the middle of some sort of Keystone Cops sequence. He slams straight into it, <laughs> topples over, and his loafer just goes. Yes, that was that poor woman. Is <laughs> a beautiful shot. It really is. <laughs> like the, you know that they like they had to say okay. This is the shoe shot, you know, take one. Like they had to sit down and film that. They yeah. had to go through the process of that. Yet there's so right. many other things that they never seem to went through the process of no. considering. Unless, un was the shoe, and granted, I, d I didn't catch this. Could it have been one of those happy accidents uh. where they were like, it wasn't meant to happen, but they were like, this is the shot. Like when, do you guys I almost said, do you remember the movie Titanic? No, no, I'm I pretty recall, sure I recall the name. Titanic. Titanic. Okay. <laughs> sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. 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 So there is a famous story where in when the ship is tipping up, uh, someone falls and he like yeah. bounces off the propeller. Like, and it stay, it's, it's pretty centered in the shot. So that actually happened and wasn't supposed to. That stunt guy broke like 100% of his body and everyone was like, oh shit, I think that guy's dead. He wasn't. But James Cameron's response was, <laughs> did you guys get that shot? And he fucking put it in the movie. So I'm wondering if this loafer fiasco was just the Maybe. happy accident of the day and yeah. everyone was just like, wow, the movie Got gods in one. are in our did, corner. Is, is the Check the gate. Moving Check on. Check the gate. Got it in one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, at one point, uh, police commissioner, male pattern baldness, says like, well, Chrissy's like, well, we went to the hotel. Didn't, you know, did you see who if he checked in? And he's like, 
No one writes their real name when they go to that place. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. In, in cl- classic, in classic, like, slasher movie cop fashion. Yeah. We ain't gonna do shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah, yeah. You, you have no evidence. Well, why don't you check evidence? I'm not gonna check for evidence. We, we, have, we have determined that you are lying. Yeah. And, and we will not change our opinion until the end of the movie. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was some shoddy police work, for sure. Yeah, we have, we have seen some wackadoo policing in our time, uh, in the, particularly in the Crystal Lake PD uh, uh, era oh, yeah. of mm-hmm. our show. Mm-hmm. But, th- but this might take the cake. This might be right up there with the Nightmare on Elm Street where a guy just throws up on the bathroom because the coroner's not there yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a real thing that happens. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, oh, I missed one element of uh, Christy's bedroom. She has a really sweet Universal Studios bumper sticker. It's great. Oh. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, guests of Scream for Help are stay at the Universal Studios <laughs> Sheraton. Ride the sure. movies. It, it finally yep. comes to a head where she gets this Polaroid and by hook or by crook, uh, Lacey decides I have to break up my wife and the guy she's fucking so we can become millionaires. And he right. gives her this Polaroid and she runs her asshole. Paul Fox literally pins her up against the wall before mom goes, what What the hell's going on? And then she goes, uh, here's this Polaroid. And she, the mom looks at it and Paul Fox says... It's not what it looks like. What the fuck else could it look like? I actually really wanted him to answer. <laughs> like, I wanted everyone to just stay quiet and just let him, just see what Holy's going to yeah. dig. Like, I really wanted to know what he was going to say. Also, at that exact moment, Christy has finally, like, achieved her goal. Her objective is complete. And she just walks upstairs. <laughs> she's like, she's she booking leaves. it out of there. Listen, I ruined this marriage. See y'all later. My work here is done. Job well done. I'll be in my room. I've got a John Denver record to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But but basically, Mom kicks out Paul Fox, and then (laughs) Christy runs back down the stairs. And you're like, Mom just wants to be alone. And then uh, night comes. And I looked at the the meter, and it said there was forty five minutes yes! left. Yes, I the think movie. I did that multiple. Oh my times. god! Yeah, there were so many times. I was like, "What else could possibly happen? How has it not been five hours yeah. yet? It feels five hours." <laughs> the first half hour is so full of information that you're like, "It can't keep up this pace." And you're right, it can't. Yeah. The back forty five minutes becomes a siege picture. Uh, right. Where they're trying to fend off the Bulls and Paul Fox from killing them yeah. at 2 a.m. It was also, so Kim and I, when we watch movies, like it takes us a long time to watch whatever movie we're doing for the episode. Um, you know, sometimes four or five hours, depending on how long the movie is, because we have to like start and stop and take notes sure. and stuff. And I said to Eric before starting this vi- movie, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to just like watch a horror movie all the way through just like watch it and i ended up having the exact same fucking experience where i'm looking to see how much is left and i wasn't even taking notes on it yeah i definitely did a double take i'm like wait does that say 50 minutes painful. left painful <laughs> yeah. unbelievable and the crazy thing is 
is that the rest of the movie is not very plot. It's just them. It's, it's them arguing. It's them. Yes. Ar- it's it's the Bowles and Paul Fox arguing. Paul Fox finding out that they're actually husband and wife, and I love the way they trick them. They trick them. <laughs> Into admitting that they're husband and wife. So how long have you been married? Well, well, why? What do you mean married? We're not married. <laughs> sweat bees, sweat bees, sweat bees. You know, I mean, you really got wow, me. You, you are, yeah. you are smooth as hell, Lisa. Smooth <laughs> as hell. Well, this is after they pass the catch-up in such a way as you would think that they are giving it a handjob. And that's when the light bulb. The catch-up handoff. The catch-up handoff. The catch-up handoff is so wrought with sexual tension like every other frame of the movie that a finally a light bulb goes off over paul fox's head and he's like well i gotta figure out if this is really happening and then he goes and grabs christy to make pancakes and somehow that's going to help him ask the question right are you two married like you didn't need her for that no not at all and like i i just the plans that people made in this movie were so even to the the police commissioner who was like i'm gonna investigate this case by not seeking evidence like everybody's plan was just so ill-conceived it's it's an object permanence thing if it's not happening right in front of them there's no way it could be happening right so they're toddlers basically yes basically yes and we get to see Five toddlers have an extended fight over three levels of a house over for 45 over minutes. And over again. Like, they were waiting till 2 a.m., and I felt like I was waiting till 2 a.m., too. Like, we really... Oh, yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely <laughs> felt like real time after that point. Yeah. It just wanted to show up. Like, I just wanted to leave the bar. The bar's closed. Yeah. Yeah. i know we touched on this a little but like this i think there was a moment where i was like we've talked about what a monster multiple people in this movie are but Mm -hmm. when when her best friend died i I, okay (laughs) ketron and i are best friends so like we have a lot of that talk within movies you know what i mean and Mm a the doctor who told everyone that he literally walks out of a room and he says sorry your daughter died that is how he told the parents and then then christy's reaction is her best friend her best friend who really it's her fault her reaction is yeah well now i don't have anyone to back up my story and i was like you monster yeah, and, and, and meanwhile, and, and, yeah. and meanwhile, Josh just kind of looks in the background, kind of just like his 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 team lost the big game. Yes, <laughs> he just kind of like, oh well. <laughs> yeah, uh, shrugs it off. Yeah. And then there's a moment. The next moment between them is like there's a moment where they're sitting in at her house at a bench under the stairs or something. It's like their first kiss mm-hmm. that can't, comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, when yeah. were you two even kind of attracted to each other? But, like, basically, no he's like, well, the person yeah. I was fucking died. And she's like, yeah, that was my best friend. So I guess we'll kiss. But, like, no signs were like, kiss me. Like, it was just like, we're sitting next to each other. So I guess I'll None. shove my tongue down your throat. No, It is perfect right. fuckboy attitude. It is, it is crazy. And at one point, he says, well, we were sitting so close. <laughs> she yes, was already sitting exactly. down, dumbass. 
You right. sat down close yes, to Oh my God, I had that same like, thought. Why are yes. you leading me on with your bench sitting? What the fuck are I we doing here? You just lost your rageful. girlfriend. Rageful. I, yeah, I, I had a lot of like visceral reactions to like losing best friends. And I was just like, I would have burned the entire town of New Rochelle like to the fucking ground. Mm. And and Christy was like mildly inconvenienced by her best she was friend hugely dying inconvenienced in her arms. by her not being able to back up her story, but in any other way, didn't give a fuck. Not a single no one gave a tear, no, no one didn't give no a one fuck. cared at all. Yeah, apparently like like nope. her mom just going to Rotary Club dance. Yes. I know I know your I know your best friend just died horribly right in front of you, but you know, we gotta go schmooze. Listen, that's not something you yeah. can cancel on, Gina. If you book yourself into the Rotary Club dance, you had better go. Yeah, you know, come if, on, if, Gina. If mom's got to show off her boy toy second husband. Oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> right? And who wouldn't? He looks great in a tux. This is also the moment it's revealed that he has manipulated that heater in her bathroom to kill her. And when he right. discovers Josh Dealey and her having sex, he forgets for a moment that he set her up to die. And <laughs> he has to very quickly... <laughs> But very awkwardly, take off the towel, relight the the pilot light. It's like at one point she calls him an incompetent murderer, and yes, he, mm-hmm. it's kind of right. But he's also yeah. killed successfully twice so <laughs> yes. far, right? So I mean, he he might be is he, it right. him that's incompetent. He or might you? be an incompetent murderer. Or, She's oh. an incompetent detective. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yes. It's a battle but between also, the, the immovable object and the unstoppable force of two incompetent people. Yeah. It it was yeah, that whole thing like that whole thing of him like taking the the scarf out and re- I was like what's the point of this? <laughs> like you your objective is still to kill her, no? Like yes, yeah, oh, is it just that the there? whole house yeah, well, he would have he would have blown up with it because he was standing because if she turns on the light and of course it sparks like fucking kisses being introduced onto stage. Yeah. That's not supposed to happen. Oh <laughs> yeah. No, that happens in my Another... bathroom all the time. I just tell the kiddo just like, you know, yeah, I'm not fast. trying to murder you. It's, yeah. it's fine. But it's like, go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Like use your toothbrush. <laughs> like that. Yeah. There you go. Like that kid in Dr. Giggles fishes out a rubber. Don't uh, spoil it for them, damn it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. She kind of had me in the beginning, detective wise, with the whole, I'm going to bike every day to the moment that I lose him. It was weird that he went the same place this every single day at the same time. Th- that was weird. But I was day. like, yeah. Up? the worst idea i was like okay i mean i don't know why no one cares that you don't go to school and that like you crash cars and your mom doesn't give a fuck but you know right literally no oh she also like crashed the car like in this really dramatic way and she literally goes (laughs) you gotta be kidding me it's it's never mentioned again no mom doesn't care no she because she takes it to the family's shop and they just like oh here's the reason why you almost killed a dozen people and no one mentions nope. that this happens. Never comes up again. It's just like, yeah. I mean, Kim, I I agree with you though that I was like, that's not like the worst plan. But then she also like no, yeah. doesn't hide. No, she sure doesn't. All. Like she's she very sure obviously biking away, and then he sees in like, the rearview mirror. Just, 
Yeah, at one point, like, at one point she's maybe, yeah. I don't know, 10 yards behind him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. All he has to do He's very is unobservant. look in his rearview mirror and he'll see you right there. Yeah. Like, right there. Right there. But uh, there, Identified by your sweater But vests. weirdly, the fact that Paul Fox can't see shit reoccurs over and over again because much later, he will be looking in the direction of a Polaroid camera while he is having sex right. and he just doesn't see doesn't it. See it. it just isn't just there. See it. So later yeah. on when they start, you know, turning off the lights to the place, like three separate times, this whole light gambit, they try to pull off. And this, when it, when the lights go off, it is dark fucking shadows dark. in this house. Yeah. Really it's dark. really dark. No ambient light, nothing. Yeah. Thank God for that lighter. <laughs> yes. Which pays off, weirdly enough, the, the lighter's gigantic, <laughs> luminous flame does pay off. It's but, like, it's uh, like, it's like when uh, Ellen Burson is looking at the candle in the attic and they got that, that big, like, plume of flame. It's like that, but all the time. All the time. <laughs> yes. Right. Everywhere he goes, he just, he can put that out in front of him. It's like a torch in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> <laughs> just illuminate everything in front of him. Oh, my God. So, eventually the plane is revealed that Christy says to her mom, well, you know what? We're not getting out of this. We can't escape. The only way we're going to live is if I kill all three of these people. And at no point does the mom go, maybe we should try. What's the plan B? <laughs> just like, all right, right. You're going to kill some people. I guess right. I'm in. Yeah. It was also just like such a convoluted plan. Like somehow all of a sudden Christy is a full blown electrician. Yeah. She learned and, like, it in knows shop. How to yeah, I know. Switch. Fuck you. <laughs> all the girls made fun of me. <laughs> Come on. I mean, to be honest, I still don't understand yeah. the plan. I watched the movie and I, I still don't get it. I have no idea what the plan yeah, was. Yeah, I can't, I, I, I can't understand. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what the what the relevance of, of counting to tw- counting down from 20 was. Well, th- so that they're both counting at the same time so that uh, she, she and mom both know when the lights are going to go out. Right, but the mom will know so, when the lights go okay. out because she will see them go out. This is true, but the mom is turning off the lights. So her job is to turn off the lights. Christy's job is once the lights go off, escape. Also, I love that Christy suddenly becomes a uh, a forensic detective too. And she she yeah. uh, she tells Brenda that she needs to go to the bathroom. Brenda says, "Oh, pee downstairs." She's like, she's like, but the detectives will find traces of urine in the basement. It's like, yeah, no, they wouldn't. Christy, what are you even talking yeah. about? They would not. Sh- they, Christy, <laughs> you've had interactions with these cops. They're not investigating They're going to they're, they're, they're peek in not the your bedrooms. They're going to see you guys, you know, murdered to death. They're going to be like, well, case closed. Yeah. Let's sign off that insurance policy to Paul Fox. <laughs> you know what? Before we go, let's go down to the basement where absolutely nothing involving this case has happened. And let's just see if there's human <laughs> urine down there. <laughs> you got the urinometer right just you got it in the car we might as well use it and, and, and brenda's like you know what that's fair just let her have the <laughs> well if you can convince brenda yeah. then she's got the finest mind of anyone on screen so she buys it yeah. so we buy it so when the right. lights go off christy uh stabs paul fox near his cocks in Me. the den and 
Good Thank one. you. And uh, heads upstairs um, with Lacey and Paul Fox in hot pursuit. They send Brenda down to the basement to be electrocuted, but it doesn't happen yet. <laughs> so right. then they get shoved back in the fucking basement again. Meanwhile, who shows up at the house? It's our old pal, Josh, Josh Dealey. one in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. One in yes. the morning. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think if I pulled this off in high school, um, I would have been kicked in the balls by someone. I, I would have been mm-hmm. uh, reprimanded. It would not have been a tolerated. No. For some reason, Josh Dealey just acts like his dad's the police commissioner. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that has something yeah, to do with was... it. Uh, but uh, Josh Dealey is finally convinced by Christy. To go away, but then we the voiceover immediately yes. comes back <laughs> after being absent in the movie for a good 40 minutes. And she's like, Josh, don't you understand? I really want you to know I'm in trouble. <laughs> You're like, when, when did this become a Southern Gothic all of a sudden? Yeah. Um, Just hoping that Josh would use his telepathy <laughs> to know she and was she in trouble. And she definitely made like no sign. She Bold was convincing in, in telling him to fuck off. Mm-hmm. To be honest, there was yes. nothing in anything yeah. she did or said that would make me think that. I mean, I guess he was like, I mean, I can't fathom yeah. that she wouldn't be in love with me. So something must be wrong. That must have been the only reason. <laughs> That's right. Sure. Listen, anytime my penis, penis has been near anyone, they've just fallen over themselves right. in love with it. Yeah. She can't be the one exception. Well, of course. I have a date with Josh Dealey later. <laughs> I have to break it to my husband. He's just, yeah. a, he just, uh, he's got it. that powerful sexual energy. I don't know how you can resist He really that. does. <laughs> right. But the angle, so the angle where she, how she was standing next to the door, because I actually thought this as as we were watching, like, yes. why is she not giving any yeah. facial expression like to, like, you wink, know what I mean? Wink, like, something. She was yeah, I mean, really or she could have been out, she could have been out, like, or like, oh, wink, know, wink. Help me. Yes, that's all, the whole yeah. time I was right. Or, like, literally, yeah, like, how simple would it have been, like, your eye that isn't facing Lacey, just wink. Now y'all know something's up. Just Done. one wink is all you need. But right. somehow Josh Dealey gets the vibe. He knows. And calls his dad. Meanwhile, back at the house, they decide to separate the two of them because, as you guys mentioned... Uh, they don't want to drag mom up the stairs with this cast, so why not kill her in the den? And then <laughs> Christy's like, no, this is my last chance. And there's some sort of massive action hug that takes place. Right. Where I was like, somebody has a gun. Why are you not just shooting the mom like right just now? Shoot. Just shoot. Well, yeah. Why are we waiting for this magical 2 a.m.? Yeah. But lo and behold... This is when the lights finally go out themselves because they've rigged the water line to drip over the junction box and the lights finally fucking go out. And Christy crucifies Lacey to the banister with a Swiss Army knife that she's purloined. Right. Mm -hmm. And Paul Fox has Christy uh, basically uh, he sends uh, Brenda down again to turn on the lights. And when she does... She blows up real good. Mm-hmm. Real good. Real good. I mean, they, they gave her the full white snake treatment oh, yeah. with her hair. <laughs> and she's been they did. electrifying on that junction box. Yeah. 
but uh, that, of course, sends the lights out again. And Christy uses this to her advantage. She's previously now reconstituted the same setup used to kill her as a trap for somebody else that Chekhov's lighter. Uh, and she lures Paul Fox into her bedroom and uses a tennis ball to convince him that she is behind the bathroom door. Somehow he does not see the tennis yeah. ball, mind you. But Right. I'm like, it literally rolled from where she was by to him. the bathroom. Yeah. And like a fucking, yeah, like a fucking terrier. He was like, ball? <laughs> Uh, but you know what? Just as the Dealey action team arrives and Josh Dealey runs through a fucking glass door. Yes. I loved that moment. I was like, what? Just, I, I just. He self-defenestrates through a glass door and just walks away from it. Like, oh, I do that all the time. Just like a little five foot four shrimp that just was like, I gotta get in. They just ran right through the door like the Kool-Aid man. Like <laughs> ran right through the door, like the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> hey, 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 bam! Right, th- I guess because he's so small, yes. his density is tighter, and he can't be damaged sure. by That's broken glass. Works. He's like a he's like a little bullet, <laughs> like a bullet that just goes right through. He's like an Ant Man, but not quite as tiny. He's just uh, and, sort and of not shrimp. nearly as likable. No, sure, no, not at all. Right? No, 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 no. Uh, and but Paul Fox is distracted. He figures she's got to be in the bathroom. Does not does <laughs> just goes in, snaps on that fucking light, and kaboomifies himself. And we get this. We get this great shot of him becoming the Phantom of the Opera. Right up against that beautiful poster that says "Looking Good." And I'm like, someone actually thought about that. They, oh yeah, they, they, did. they, they planned on that one. Not the. That was the shoe guy. <laughs> that was the shoe guy. He's like, I had two fucking wins in this movie. <laughs> the shoe oh, guy. Oh my god. And somehow in the middle of this, Lacey Bowl, even though the entire house becomes surrounded by detectives, aiming guns at windows, just. Just outside in the driveway, aiming at a second floor window. Lacey yes. disappears. They are bad cops. No, terrible. Disappears. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, so he disappears in the night, and then they're like, oh, okay, we saved ourselves. And then cut to Josh Dealey's bedroom. bedroom of a nine-year-old oh. boy with an enormous, oh. with an enormous like, Lake Tahoe, Tahoe honeymoon getaway bed in it. Yes. Like how, why, yes. how and why, yeah. how and why is this where we, where, where we end up? <laughs> yeah. Why are you in it's Josh's bed? I, I, I just like understand. how the, the, the mom was very careful to point out, you'll be safe. You're in the police commissioner's, commissioner's house. Yes. It's like, thank you for that valuable piece of expository dialogue. <laughs> and you'll be shocked yeah. to know well, she is not safe shit. because she's in the police commissioner's house because Josh shows up. Yeah. And, and with, right. within, hey, like, within like, oh, maybe 12 hours or less after this traumatic experience, he's rolling on top of her and trying to smooch her and all. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just like, I really just it, wanted Josh. her to mace him or something. Or even just, or even just like, you know, spray water yeah. in his face like you do to a couple of dogs. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he is a he's mm-hmm. a true sexual predator, like just an absolute 
fucking monster. He just cannot, he cannot stop for a second bringing that conversation around to it. So when can we have sex again? I mean, I really, yeah. I realized it was terrible for yeah. you the first time, and I promise it'll be less terrible next time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, how could I possibly yeah. turn down that, you know, that enticing offer? And it was like meant to make him look sweet, I think, in that moment. Like he was like, I promise it won't be as bad. Like, yeah. Well, a, A, you can't promise and, that. And, yeah. And B, it is up to no. her to decide when it, is, when it is time to try again if she wants to. But Gina, how can she turn him yeah. down when there's such a cornucopia of non-warning signs <laughs> in that bedroom? First of all, course. we learned that he is a fan of the entire NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Every team is represented, including a giant poster. Yeah. Of 80s Chicago Bears quarterback, Caleb Haney. <laughs> Caleb Haney, he's, everyone. He's a fan of the whole organization. <laughs> you Just... would have to be. And he's a fan of every organization, <laughs> yes. it turns out. Like, there's not, there, there's not an inch there's not an inch of space in that room that isn't covered with something. No. 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 He's got a crazy fucking... Uh, on the, I'll just call it racist Indian statue oh, right yeah. next to his bed. Yes, yes. And then, and then for some reason, Stan and Ollie busts, but separated from one yeah. another as if they can't, they're no longer working together on his bookshelf. In the middle of everything, a, a promotional photo of David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets even better, wow. Gina, because. In the midst of this very romantic scene of a guy saying, remember when my penis hurt you? Let's do uh-huh. that again. Let's try it again. It's, like a, it's, it's been, it's been 12 go. hours since you were you know, horribly attacked and saw three people die right in front of your very eyes. Come on, baby. It is yeah. time to make love, not kill two people, which you just did. Yeah, Gina, his dick is the medicine. <laughs> It is the panacea that will soothe all of her troubles. Exactly. But here to interrupt the beautiful romantic theme of of Josh Dealey wedging his thin hips in between her legs <laughs> is Lacey Bowl. Who apparently, after, who, after was all this, bony. they didn't lock the door at the police commissioner's house. No. Just, just let himself walks in. Right no. in. Walks yep. right in. And in my second favorite moment in the movie clubs Josh Dealey on the head which I enjoyed personally he's fine he's fine yeah. but he's fine no. though what, what's in, a head in typical, in typical movie uh, fashion he just kind of sitting up going oh and like rubbing his head yeah. for like a second he, he's fine yeah literally totally fine that was a champion moment <laughs> turns out Christy is prepared for this moment she has a butcher's knife under her fucking pillow and stabs Lacey right in the gut in front of an audience of his greatest foes. You've got Christy, Larry Bird, <laughs> the police circa the Ghost in the Machine album, Bob Nystrom of the New York Islanders. Wow. <laughs> what a humiliating death. It really is, because even though the knife is sticking half out of his gut, Christy's like, you know what? Not done yet. And pushes it further <laughs> into his stomach. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Kim and I do encourage all of our listeners, in order to survive a horror movie, we get very upset when people don't stab forever. Stab forever. Forever. So this was, I will say, I have to give credit where credit is due. I think Kim and I would say 
that was the right yeah. move. Well, she goes for it. So. She's a regular Metallica. She really kills them all. <laughs> and <laughs> and then thank God, Josh Dealey's. Oh, I'm right. so worried. I'm so worried. <laughs> thank God. So worried. And then Christy just goes over to the phone, starts dialing, <laughs> puts it up to her ear. Yep. The phone rings at her house. Police commissioner, male pattern baldness is there. And she's like, well, you're going to believe me this time, motherfucker. End yeah. of movie. But also no sense of urgency no. there either. Well, there's all. no emergency. Uh, I don't think Lacey's getting up from that one. He was already bleeding profusely from his hand wound. And Right. But there's no sense of trauma. Like, this is just like a Tuesday for yeah. her. Like, she has no... Like, she's, she's truly. truly mentally ill. She is, in fact, mentally ill. She's become the Terminator at the end of this. She's, she's gone full <laughs> yeah, Sarah yeah. Connor. She, she was a Bob's yeah. Big Boy waitress, but now she's a killing machine. Yeah, there you go. So that brings us to the moment that everyone has been waiting for, and that is choose your own death venture. And that is where we all decide, of the deaths presented in this movie, if you were forced to die that way, which one would you choose and why? Up for bid, we have two separate electrocutions by water on the floor and junction box. Mm-hmm. Sure. You yep. have um, run over by a Ford Pinto. Oh, right. Right. Uh, and, but then you die on the operating table and a surgeon comes out and goes, uh, she died. <laughs> yeah. And doing? no one cares. No one mourns you. No one cares. I mean, I would give him one star on Yelp, but unfortunately at the time, sure. Yelp was not invented. Um, no, it was not. You have blown up real good uh, in a gas explosion in a ba- in a teenage girl's mm-hmm. bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then you have stabbed in the stomach after being stabbed in the arm and the hand uh, in front of a police poster circa Ghost in the Machine. And so yeah. I choose, uh, Ket, can you go first? Uh, what do you think? Yes. Okay. This is so funny. Kim and I literally just talked about electrocution in one of our like (laughs) Patreon things. So we were comparing electrocution to drowning. And I've been told that drowning is actually like the most painful death. So in that instance, I took electrocution. But I think in this one, I feel like the quickest death, the one that I'll be least aware of, is the blowing up in a bathroom. Right. He seemed to have like died pretty fucking quickly. Um, so I'm going to go with, with blown up in a bathroom. Now, you are going to die underneath the gaze of a John Denver album cover. Are you okay with that? Uh, it's actually written into my will that that's a requirement. So. All right. Well, then I think you're at home. All right, Kim, uh, what do you think? Well, as someone who in college really loved dancing to pour some sugar on me and other 80s jams on top of bars, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'd really love to be in a sort of white snake music video. And therefore, I choose Brenda and her electrocution. Yeah. Yep. Well, high five, Bernsey. You'd look gorgeous dying that way. I mean, you're going to have a fantastic set of outfits, including Truly. that denim number that she bites it in. And yeah. you can just let that man yeah. go and you just live it and be in that moment. Of course, Incredible. you're going to be the good thing about that is also that basement does not smell like urine because you <laughs> took Christy to the bathroom earlier. So. I didn't even consider it. Sure. Been worse. It only sure. gets better. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. 
uh, put it on a T-shirt. All right, Gina, uh, what say you? Yeah, my first... uh... My first choice is going to be hit by a car, but then I didn't want to realize in the afterlife that neither my best friend nor my partner really cared about me very much. Because mm-hmm. that's a bummer, you know. I mean, when everybody just kind of forgets you and never and, and never bummer. mentions you again for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I have decided to switch. So I too will also be blown up in a bathroom. Okay. Nice. Sure. I I, Welcome, I, I look forward to it. Welcome. Yeah. Now, you're going to have to deal with the fact that you were distracted by a tennis ball, and that was partially yeah, that was your final You know, that, that's, that that's you fair. Showed the person who killed you how that's, to that's kill That's on you. brand for me, i got to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's on brand. Catherine, <laughs> too. Um, all right. Uh, this is going to be out of step for me, but I think I really have to go with dying by Ford Pinto. And because really my greatest nightmare in high school was that somehow any part of my sexuality was going to cause my death. <laughs> I grew up Mormon. It was hanging over my oh, oof. God was oof. very involved wow. in my affairs. So sure. I figured oh, man. if I happened to have sex, the, the next thing that would happen would be me plastered by Fort That Pinto. makes complete sense. Uh, Oh, wow. Plus. Poor little baby Patrick. Uh, well, you know what? Again, things got better. So <laughs> we got that going for us. All right. I think we've done did it. Uh, so before we go, you guys, why don't you tell everyone about your podcast and where to find it? Sure. Um, we are a horror movie comedy podcast. And what we do is tell the entirety of the movie that the other person hasn't seen. Spoilers and all. And then Spoilers we play a little all. game to see how we would stay alive. I really like the show. I think you guys are you're obviously insanely funny. Uh, and you have such a wonderful <laughs> chemistry together. I encourage people to Thank check you. it out. I, I think you guys are great. Really, the only Thank mistake you. I've ever come across is, is that you guys still seem to be convinced that there are teenagers in Friday the 13th <laughs> movies. But other than that, Fair. they're very, yeah. they're, they're Fair. adults. Yeah. They're just, they're adults. That's true. When you get to part eight, then you're going to find some teenagers. But Kim, what was the movie we just watched that was not Friday the 13th where there was like a 47-year-old 12-year-old? <laughs> um, it was uh, Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, yeah. Slumber Party Massacre. 47. They were yeah. no less than 47. Yeah. No, the, the, those, are, those are older people. It was the, you know, it was <laughs> time to differentiate yourself because Halloween's teen-based and Nightmare on Elm Street's <laughs> teen-based. But, you know, some of these other movies are like, how do I differentiate myself? How do I stand out from the crowd? Yeah. Go adult. yeah. Uh so that that just about does it. Hey Gina, where can people find you on these here and I uh am a writer and editor over at the school, uh, in which I have write about movies and television. Uh some of my recent articles have been uh, an article in favor of Batman Forever, R.I.P. Joel Schumacher. Um, yeah. And I've also written about To Die For and other movies like that. I tend to write about movies that came out a very long time ago. So, you know, that's the, the, the kids are really into that. Um, and uh, and I'm also on Twitter under Porcelain72. Oh, yeah. You can find us on social media at KK Sam Podcast. Do it today, people. Check it out. Of course, you want to find us. We're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And uh, rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us be seen and heard by more people. And that just about does it. Thank you, everyone, for coming and talking about my weird obsession with this goofy-ass movie. I Thank you for having us. Thank you. I'm so happy to this have you This was so fun. Here. It was great. 
and I don't know. Oh, you know what we what we're doing next? Um, uh, well, at least in the the order in which we're we're recording next uh, next week, we're talking uh, Wolf, 1994's Wolf, uh, with hey. where you get to watch Jack Nicholson eat a peanut butter sandwich on camera. I fucking love that movie and that it's part. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, just the, the, it's a cavalcade of Upper West Side ex yuppies, and then somehow one of them becomes a werewolf, and then he decides to pee on people. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, sure. And so please join us for that. Uh, and until next time, the body count will continue for myself, for Gina, for Kim, and for Ketrin. Bye bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. That's right, live and direct from their own show. Kim and Ket stay alive. Maybe. It's Kim Burns and Ketrin Poyer. Fuck. See, I told you. I told you. You didn't even mispronounce the one you thought you were going to (laughs) mispronounce. No. See, I told you. Okay, here we go.